0: Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com.
1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? I <laughs> no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. This is going to go the distance. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
0: What's up, everybody? Let's get ready for Fantasy Week 3. It starts tonight with the 49ers and the Giants, and we've got a four-man show. Heath, Jamie, and Dave are all here to break down eight AFC home games. Houston at Jacksonville, Rams at Bengals, who's going to be the quarterback for the Bengals this week. Denver at Miami, Colts at Ravens, Chicago at the Chiefs, Tennessee at Cleveland, Pittsburgh at Las Vegas, and New England is at the Jets. We also had a trade yesterday that Heath and I already broke down on a bonus podcast, but we'll get Jamie and Dave's take on it as well and Kareem Hunt signing with the Browns. We have a lot to get. This is going to be a marathon. All right, get comfortable, fellas. We're going to have a long show today. Um, good morning, Jamie. What's going on? Who's our
2: start of the week? Uh, Raheem Mostert. I uh, like the setup for him a lot, taking on the Broncos. Um, coming off strong game. I always love, uh, you know, from covering the Dolphins uh, many years ago, Whenever you get these home games in September for these teams that have, you know, not are not used to this environment, um, it's going to be muggy. It's going to be hot. And the last time that Denver, the Broncos left Denver was their second preseason game. So they've been home for a month. And so I think it's going to be a little bit of uh, some road weary legs, early start. You know, it's always a favor for the East Coast teams. So uh, after what the Broncos just gave up to Brian Robinson, the way Raheem was playing, the lack of competition with the Dolphins offense is playing. Uh, just lining up, I think, for a, a big game for Mostert, so he's got top ten upside.
0: Yeah, Dave has him seventh. Jamie, I think, has him twelfth. Heath, not so much, eighteenth for Mostert. What do you think? That's a that's a solid
3: start. That's not that's not okay. down on him at
0: all. Okay. Uh, we got Jerome Ford and we got Zach Moss this week, and we got Raheem Mostert. Who are we starting out of those three? Mostert. That's easy, Mostert. I'm going with Moss. Wow. Jamie, is it easy? What do you think about he had 10? I think what he had 10 carries in week one Mostert and then 17 in week two. Is there any way to predict that?
2: Uh yeah. Uh <laughs> one defense was taking away the pass, one defense wasn't. There you
0: go.
4: Right. But is there any way to predict that? You know what I mean? Okay. Like, do you think the Broncos are gonna come in to Miami and say the first thing we gotta do is stop Raheem Mostert? Well, no. Do so you there- think that's what the Chargers said? No, but the Chargers did the difference is is that the Patriots laid out just playing heavy zone coverage, and that actually kept the game fairly competitive between them and the Dolphins last week.
2: Well they they were they were in their nickel package the entire game.
4: It was it, and it was more they were playing with five defensive backs. Like we we've talked about that shell coverage a lot, Jamie. This was like super shell, and it they were daring the Dolphins to run, and the Dolphins were like, cool, we'll run it. And so Mostert already had a good game before he broke away for a long touchdown run to ice it. I, I think he could do the exact same thing this week. I think he's going to get a lot of work. Denver's run defense fell apart last week against Washington. I think Mostert's
0: awesome. All right. Good stuff. Um, let's We'll get back to players we love, players to avoid. Uh, but the start of the week is Raheem Mostert. The big news, Minnesota traded for Cam Akers, and they also signed guard Dalton Risner. Uh, you can decide which one of those two news items is, is bigger news. Uh, but Heath and I talked about it yesterday. And Heath, give me a 10 second summary of, of our bonus pod. I think Acres could
3: still be, or Madison could still be a start this week if Acres is inactive. I think um, Madison will still be a 60 40 lead in their first game, but Akers is more likely to be the lead back rest of season.
0: But yeah, but we don't, but that's kind of a guess, right? I mean, it's not. You're not saying it's a that. guess, we'll and I don't it. think
3: I, either one of them have more than, like, <laughs> RB22 upside in this offense. Okay. Jamie, your thoughts on
0: Cam Akers going to the Vikings?
2: I think this is uh, more an indication of uh, the guys behind Madison with the expectation of someone to push Madison. So I think Madison's still the guy. You know, the fact that they made the investment in him in the offseason, and they just swap six-round picks to get Cam Akers just because there's familiarity with the coaching staff there. So for the short-term, Madison should still be the lead running back there for what it's worth. I agree with Heath. I think, you know, top 20 upside is probably the the limitations. For this week, Madison is a decent start, you know, just given the opponent and the expected score. But, uh, you know, anybody holding on to Ty Chandler at this point, you know, you could just punt him to the curb. You know, it's just frustrating for maybe giving a young guy an opportunity because I think Cam Akers probably stinks at this point.
0: Dave, how big of a week is this for Alexander Madison to have the Chargers... And have you know maybe a head start on Cam Akers, but he's struggled in two games so far. So like how big of a week is week three for Madison? I mean, he already had a head start for the first two weeks. Of the season but it's and it's the
4: game do it. of ah!
0: yeah. <laughs> a couple of O with two teams. Hopefully a big bonanza. That's the game of the week. Hey. I just oh. heard Heath
4: groan. Yeah, you didn't like he's that. He's feeling he- the jinx. You know, you just ruin
3: these great fantasy games. Like the guy I love is Kirk Cousins, my number one quarterback in the projections this week. And now I've got to go adjust him and put him outside my top 12 (laughs) somehow because you've destroyed fantastic games two weeks in a row. But
0: it's such a it's such a fun jingle you know the games fantasy but the points on the day. end sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on um i'm not a sorcerer i at least i don't think i am I, sometimes i do i do guess i right, know but uh i was glad dave was on the show today cuz i was really looking forward to uh working that game in today's show um but you know it is it do you feel like this is a, a big make or break week for Madison?
4: He's already had two weeks to try and prove that he deserves more work in this offense, and he hasn't done it. The schedule's nice coming up. It's the Chargers, and then it's the Panthers. They've got the Bears two weeks after that. So there are some favorable matchups ahead. This is a team that has thrown the ball 78% of the time through the first two weeks of the season. So there aren't a lot of running back touches to go around as it is. And these two guys, if you look at their numbers, just over the last three years, I know that there's circumstances and injuries and all that stuff. They're identical, okay? They are identical in yards per carry. They're identical and they're practically identical in rush EPA, uh, runs of zero or negative yards, the inability to avoid tackles and make plays. I I don't think either of these guys are going to be particularly good for fantasy.
0: Identical. (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. You always get my That was fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, (laughs) All right, Jamie, the other news item. Positive traction? Positive traction. Uh, Cleveland signed Kareem Hunt to a one-year deal worth up to $4 million, according to <clears throat> Adam Schefter. And then I got I got people a little riled up on X last night with uh, my Acer stat. <laughs> Jerome Ford had a 69-yard run against the Steelers. Other than that, he had 15 carries for 36 yards against the Bengals and 15 carries for 37 yards against the Steelers. So it's yeah, he may not be good.
2: Um, we'll, we'll find out. But uh, this is not a great matchup for him. It's, it's funny because it's a terrible week for running backs really across the board. It's just a lot of bad matchups for a lot of talented players and clearly the injuries as well. But if you picked up Jerome Ford, I wouldn't worry about Kareem Hunt this week. It's almost very similar to the Cam Akers situation. You no know, guy who knows the offense, guy who's familiar with the system. Um, how much will they use him after not having a training camp in preseason and lack of practice? You know, So I think for this week, Jerome Ford slots in as a low-end number two running back. I wouldn't necessarily buy in fully to it because the Titans, it's it's kind of weird. This is now the third straight game they're facing a backup running back. So Jamal Williams week one, Joshua Kelly, yeah. week two, now Jerome Ford week three. Yeah. But the fact that they shut those guys down and what they did a year ago, you know, so it's not just okay, they're just shutting down crappy running backs. They're there's a track record here of this team. So uh Ford's probably gonna have to either A score, which they just haven't a lot, a lot of rushing touchdowns going back last year, I believe it was six, um, in their last now. Uh, 19 games. And is he going to be that heavily involved in the passing game? So this is just going to be a low scoring affair. And will he get all the touches like he did? That's the assumption, but we'll find out. So I wouldn't worry about Kareem Hunt for now, but uh, very similar to what you said about Madison. If he does not have a big enough game this week, not necessarily from a production standpoint, just doing the right things, then we could see Kareem Hunt in there sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately it's Tennessee and then it's Baltimore and then it's a bye, And then it's San Francisco. We talked about this on Tuesday
2: Right. But it's not like Kareem Hunt's going to come in there and do different no. things that are going to be that much, make him that much more exceptional than Jerome Ford. It's just a tough, tough schedule. No. It's just
0: you don't want Ford to have three games where he struggles. And then what happens after that? So uh, the bottom line is, you know, we told you to be aggressive on Ford, and you should have been. But Kareem Hunt is also a good player to add. Uh, I, know, I will check his roster percentage right now. But, um, you know, you guys would add him, right? I mean, I saw him added in most of my leagues. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, Kareem Hunt is... Anybody want to guess? Oh, you can't add him anymore. He is now 84% rostered. Uh, Let's do players we love. Heath, sticking with Kirk Cousins?
3: Uh, Well, unfortunately, I'm going to stick with Kirk Cousins, even though you just ruined him. Like I said, uh, when I first did the projections, he came out as QB1 (laughs) this week. It's just an absolutely perfect spot at home against a terrible defense in a shootout, the highest over-under on the slate. Elite weapons... There's nothing not to love. It's really hard to sit Kirk Cousins, even if you have a a guy that you didn't think you'd be considering sitting.
0: Dave, player you love this week. I think
4: we keep it rolling with Nico Collins, who's been getting huge target volume for Houston. And this is a Texans team that, whether by choice or because of game script, they're throwing the ball a lot. He's the number one wide receiver there. He's putting up good production behind it. And I don't
0: think Jacksonville's defense is as good as the numbers suggest. Okay, Nico Collins now ninety three percent rostered. Um, he does. He's got a very high A dot. Well, pretty high thirteen point five. You can live on that. Um, but he's kind of a downfield guy. Uh, and then Jamie said, Raheem Mostert. Do we agree or disagree on this comment in the chat? Heath drinks seltzer at a bizarrely early time of day. I I, drink
4: I, I, I don't get it with seltzer. I'm neither. not a seltzer guy. Yeah, it is early for seltzer, Heath.
3: I drink seltzer when we're podcasting. So we po- we start podcast at 10, the first seltzer's at 10. We I do a podcast, first podcast at 2, first seltzer's at 2. I don't have a podcast, I don't have a seltzer at 8.30 in the morning when I'm not doing a podcast, but it's I do eight. have a seltzer <laughs> when I'm doing the podcast.
4: It is a
0: podcast drink. Yeah, why is that? I mean, does it help your throat or something? It does, yes. Okay. Oh,
4: interesting. That's a good reason. Maybe I should try something. Pro tip. I mean, he also eats dinner at (laughs) three (laughs) o'clock.
3: I don't eat dinner at three o'clock, but I do eat luncheon at about ten (laughs) a.m.
4: Me too.
0: And then again at twelve (laughs) thirty. All right, Jamie. Who? Who are we avoiding? You should avoid me, by the way. Um, But who are we avoiding, Jamie?
2: I would like to avoid DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, I don't know how healthy he is. And facing a tough Browns defense with that pass rush against that offensive line is going to be really problematic for Ryan Tannehill. So if you can get away from DeAndre Hopkins this week, three receiver leagues, I get it. It's hard to mention. But in a two receiver league, I think you can find better options.
0: Does he? Did he practice in full yesterday? I thought he did, and would that full, matter? Full, yes. He, full, right? Yeah, full practice for him. Does that change yep. anything for you, Jamie? Okay, Dave, who do you want to avoid? <sighs> who do I really want to avoid but I'm okay chicken
4: so here here's a problem. I'm nervous about Kyle Pitts still have him ranked top twelve still think he's worthy of it, but I don't even know if I could say that with a straight face i I don't want to start him. I just don't know how many other tight ends have the type of potential to put up like. 10, 12 PPR points that he could. Yeah. Well, it's a big is week.
2: It... I mean, you're facing the Lions team. That's allowed the most receiving yards to tight ends. And they haven't exactly faced great ones. Cause they avoided Kelsey. Right. And... But
4: they haven't given up more than so. Like, here's the thing. Like th- they haven't given up more than nine PPR points to a tight end, but they've, they've stunk. And one of the guys that covers tight ends, he's hurt. Yep. That was James Houston. So now it's this other guy named Derek Barnes. I, I just, I don't, I don't know how good Kyle Pitts is. Like you, if you watch, if you go back and watch the Falcons game, he's not even like the second most explosive guy in that offense at this point, or third, because if we count Bijan, then he's in there too. So, like, I, I've, I just, I feel like Pitts could have another stinker. But am I, am I really going to start Hunter Henry, Sam Laporta, Zach Ertz, Najoku, who's been a dud for two weeks? Like, if I'm going to start a guy that's got a low ceiling to begin with, I might as well just go with Pitts.
0: It's an interesting dilemma that every Kyle Pitts manager is going to have every week uh, until further notice. Heath, who do you want to avoid this week? Uh, Damian Pierce.
3: Absolutely terrified of his role, of his efficiency. He has not played even half of the snaps in a game yet. I don't think Houston's going to probably slow down Jacksonville's offense, so they're going to be playing from behind again. And then when he has touched the ball, it's been absolutely terrible. 2.6 yards per carry, 2.1 yards per target. Like... It's not as if they could look at what's happened and think, you know, what we should really do is get the ball to Damian Pierce more. Maybe this offensive line gets healthy a month from now or three weeks from now, then they'll get a little more healthy this week, I think. And and so I don't. It's not like I I want to just give up on him for the year but I'm not starting Damian Pierce until I see something positive.
4: Would you like to know how many yards before contact per rush he's averaging so far this year? Well, if you're going to give that
0: stat, it's got to be a rank because I I don't even know what a good number is. Okay, this is is. third
4: lowest among running backs with at least
0: 20 carries. That's what you need to know. Yeah, that's bad.
4: It's minus 0.04 yards. So on average, he's getting hit behind the line of
0: scrimmage. Yeah, wow. Um, all right, we, uh, we got some, a lot of news and notes for you. We'll update you on Joe Burrow and Saquon Barkley. He's out. And more. And we've got a lot of podcasts for you as well, so check those out. Go to cbssports.com podcasts and uh, see all of our selection. And also our live streams tonight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Be there or be square. T.M., and join us for that. We will answer your starter sit questions 7:30 p.m. YouTube.com/slash fantasy football today. We've been doing these live streams for several years now, but they're they've got a little more juice now. And right, the word is out, so hang out with us Thursday night and Sunday morning at 11:30 a.m. Eastern, and Monday night at 7:30 p.m. Eastern. Again, it's all at YouTube.com/slash fantasy football today. So we'll take a break, and when we come back, all of the news and notes, one question for each game, and then we'll break down eight AFC home games, and we'll be right back.
1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Jamie, I'm going to give you the quarterback news. Justin Fields says that he was robotic. He wasn't playing free enough. He pretty much blamed the co- – he, he, I think he kind of blamed the coaching,
2: but he says – He definitely blamed the coaching. Yeah, yes. all right. He's going to go back. And he walked it back. Right.
0: I think this was music to fantasy manager's ears, right, Jamie? Uh,
2: yes. Okay.
0: More optimistic, hopefully, about Fields. And I know. Yeah, I mean, look, start
2: voicing your opinion. You know, they clearly made the investment in you when they made the draft pick trade, you know, saying that you're going to be our guy. And if you're not happy with the way things are going, which why should you be? They lost, what, 12 games in a row, and he looks awful out there. Four design runs? That's terrible. You know, so get him playing like him. And that's, going I think, something that will help the offense. Look, this is going to be a nightmare situation for them going into – you know, arrowhead and trying to beat the Chiefs, that's not going to happen. But you know, if he can show some signs of life, or maybe the opposite, maybe he's terrible again and they make a coaching change because this is clearly not working. So something's got to change, <laughs> whether it's his play or just the coaching staff in general. So I don't mind him you know, starting to express himself and say exactly what's on his mind.
0: Is now the time to buy Justin Fields? Yes. If you can buy low. Okay. Um, Jamie, what's the latest on Joe Burrow?
2: I mean, everything I keep hearing is he's feeling better. You know, So we'll find out today what the practice report is. My guess will be limited. So the question you have is, do you have a Thursday night guy versus Joe Burrow? So yes. I would probably try and see if you can get Matthew Stafford. If you have to drop Daniel Jones, I would do that. But if you have Brock Purdy, like I have one of those leagues, I know you do, Adam, yeah. as well. I'm going to play Purdy because I think right now Joe Burrow is not 100%, no matter what he says or how he feels or what happens going into Monday. So if he has a great game, you love to see it because you want to see him play like this moving forward. But at this point, it's just hard to trust. And I think Purdy's floor, which we've seen now, six of seven games or seven of eight games, uh, 20 or more fantasy points as a starter in the regular season, you hang your hat on that and say, okay, I'll take my 20, if he can get there, which I think he will, so be it.
0: All right, Bryce Young mispracticed. we got to keep an eye on that. They're at Seattle, and Anthony Richardson still in the concussion protocol. Colts are at Baltimore. Uh, Dave, I'll give you the running back news. Saquon Barkley is out. So, by the way, our two starting offensive linemen for the Giants, Andrew Thomas and Ben Bredesen, and an edge rusher, Azizo Jalari. So they're playing tonight. Barkley is out, and uh, your interest in Matt Breida is?
4: Minimal, because I don't think he's going to see every single snap. They're going to use Gary Brightwell. They might use somebody else. And I would guess that Daniel Jones is going to throw quite a bit against the 49ers. Lots of short, quick throws. Um, they're getting Wandale Robinson back yes. for this game. And he's kind of an extension of the run game because he's a short area target who can make guys miss after the catch. I, I think he could factor in a little bit more. I don't feel good about starting any Giants running back.
2: You guys don't, obvious.
0: You don't feel good about... Damian Pierce, would you start Matt Breida over Damian Pierce?
4: I am ready to roll with Damian Pierce over Matt Breida. Okay.
0: Austin Eckler practice. There's a good chance Josh Kelly gets another go today or this week. I like him this week. I do too. I think he bounces back. He
4: really didn't look terrible in week one. There's a couple of things that we can nitpick, but the biggest issue was tough matchup. Offensive line got decimated against Tennessee. Something to keep in mind with Jerome Ford this week, but he's he's got some juice to him.
0: Okay. Isaiah Pacheco mispracticed with a hamstring injury, so we'll keep an eye on that. But Clyde Edwards Zilaire might be a break glass in case of emergency guy for you. Um and Justice Hill could miss this week's game. So Gus Edwards against the Colts, uh or Damian Pierce. I, I like I like Gus. Okay. Wide receiver news, Heath. Wandale Robinson will play tonight. Should we stash him? He's eight percent rostered. If you can if you've got room yeah like deeper bench is not a
3: six-man bench
0: Brandon Iuke is a game-time decision what time should people tune into youtube.com slash fantasy football today to learn about Brandon Iuke 730 that's right DK Metcalf missed practice but he says he's okay Christian Watson practiced; doesn't mean he's going to play but he did practice and running back note Aaron Jones did not practice um, Thursday and Friday are, are more important than the Wednesday practice report so we'll just keep an eye on everything Tank Dell mispractice, practice Zay Jones mispractice. practice Tyreek Hill was limited with an ankle. Jalen Waddell is still in the concussion protocol. We will talk about that game shortly. Uh, Kadarius Tony Heath. Surprise. He has a toe injury, but Richie James could miss some time as well. There's not really much to say there. We'll get to that game. Brandon Cook's return to practice. He was limited. That's a good sign for him. Josh Reynolds has a groin injury. Oh, Please be okay. Uh, Mari Cooper missed practice. He should be all right. You figured he wasn't going to practice on Wednesday after. Playing he had a on second Monday. injury added to that. He's got a shoulder now as well, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I thought it was the same injury. Right.
3: Yeah, uh, he was listed with two different injuries. I don't know if he had two on the report last week, but uh, it was the one he had last week
0: and a shoulder. Okay, so that's Amari Cooper. DeAndre Hopkins practice in full, as mentioned. He's at Cleveland. Tight end news, Dawson Knox practice. If he doesn't play, that might be a boost for Dalton Kincaid. And Logan Thomas practice On the offensive line, the Seahawks are still beat up. The Bears' offensive line is kind of in shambles right now. Their left tackle, Braxton Jones, is on IR and could miss the season. We know the Texans are beat up. Miami getting good news with Teron Armstead practicing and hopefully trending in the right direction for Sunday. Minnesota, Christian Darasaw, their left tackle. He was, uh, he was out last week, and he was limited in practice. That's good. Center Garrett Bradbury missed practice. Tennessee is going to be without likely without rookie offensive guard Peter Skaronsky, uh, for their game at Cleveland and two Colts offensive linemen, their veterans, Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson, both missed practice. We'll keep an eye on that. Heath, I know you I like, like Zach. Moss. Yeah, you like Zach Moss. How, how much how big are those injuries going to be? And I, I think Nelson mi- came back in week two. So I'm not shocked that he missed Wednesday's practice. But Ryan Kelly in the concussion protocol, Quentin Nelson, will put a questionable tag on him. How important if yeah, those guys like are
2: moss with those guys? Well, we'll get if to those
0: that. Those guys are but, but go ahead, Heath. That's okay. Go no, ahead. No, Sorry. Uh if
3: those guys are not playing, yeah, I would significantly down Zach Moss.
0: Okay, there we go. Um and then defense stuff. Tariq Woolen for the Tariq Woolen for the Seahawks. He's likely out this week. Their, their secondary is pretty beat up right now. Uh, might get healthier by the end of the week. Um, Buffalo's got some key defensive injuries. Leonard Floyd, Jordan Phillips on the on the line. Terrell Bernard at linebacker. Micah Hyde. I don't think they're serious, but we'll see. Patriots cornerback Marcus Jones missed practice. And I really think that Christian Gonzalez was not shadowing Tyreek Hill until Marcus Jones got hurt, and then they started shadowing Tyreek Hill with him, which is interesting as we look at what might happen with Garrett Wilson this week. A couple of... eh. Oh, this is a big one. Marcus May for the Saints. He's a safety who plays every snap. He is suspended for three games on one of the league's best defenses. They're at Green Bay this week, and they're also... Oh, no. Marcus Davenport's no longer on the Saints. He's on the Vikings. He missed practice. Uh, Jeff Okuda could make his Falcons debut this week. Cornerback facing the Lions, who traded him to the Falcons. And Houston safety Jimmy Ward practiced. One question for each game. Houston at Jacksonville. My question was, does Damian Pierce have his breakout game? I already know the answer to that. So, um, Heath, does Trevor Lawrence have his breakout game?
3: I would not expect that. No, I think he'll be have a fine game. He'll be a top twelve startable quarterback, but I wouldn't expect a, a huge monster game against Houston.
0: Rams are at the Bengals. If Joe Burrow does not play, who is the highest ranked wide receiver in this game? Puka. Poo. Can we do that? Do people do that for him? Do what? Poo. You know, like Muth. <laughs> Who's everybody agree? Puka would be the highest. If uh, I don't know if I
4: can go there, (laughs) probably. All right, I definitely can't do that in non-PPR.
0: PPR, PPR, maybe, maybe. Uh, Man, you know, to have to make these decisions for for a Monday night game really stinks. But if what does it stink like? <laughs> or maybe it's two, two Atwell. They have a lot of ooze in their receiving core, huh?
2: Matthew Cooper Cup. So what?
4: What, what a blast it must Matthew? be to
0: go to a Rams game.
4: Oh, no,
2: I'm just if you don't know Burrow's status and you have to decide. But you're not benching Jamar Chase and T. Higgins unless you just loaded. I wouldn't.
0: I don't know about that. I, I'm not benching Chase, but Higgins. I think he's benchable if Jake Browning's the quarterback.
2: I'm You're making it seem like T. Higgins is a slouch. Like, he's still great right.
4: Player. And all yeah. Jake Browning has to do is not screw it up. And yeah. Joe Burrow has basically been screwing it up for six of the last
0: eight quarters he's played. When you look at Skylar Thompson with the Dolphins receivers last year, when you looked at, I think it was Trevor Simeon a couple years ago with Justin Jefferson and the horrendous... I mean, we're seeing
2: it now. It's Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson.
0: Exactly. So So I don't think you can just shrug off the idea that T. Higgins is benchable if a guy who's made one career pass and has been a practice squad player for most of his career is the starting quarterback. I mean, I wouldn't even shrug off the idea that Chase is benchable. I'm not going to tell anyone to bench but, Chase. But
2: in the in the situation that you're describing, unless we know Sunday that Joe Burrow is out, you're taking the chance with those guys and just living with the consequences because of who they are.
0: Uh, okay. Um Heath, do you agree?
3: I can't imagine sitting one of those guys because Joe Burrow might not play when they might still be the guy who scores the touchdown if Joe Burrow plays. So I will be starting Higgins and Chase. They
2: I guess the, score the, the touchdown the, if Burrow doesn't play too. I guess the scenario you could maybe have, like Puka's easy because you've seen now two <laughs> games of what he is. Would you sit Higgins or Chase? For me, the answer is one thousand percent no for two two if he's on your bench. No, probably not. But would you do and it? I like two two, but no same, but that's still would
0: you do it for Raheem Mostert?
2: Would I do it for? But I'm talking about we're making the decision on Monday.
0: No, but if you have so, to, make, that, that's what I'm not saying that the decision isn't hard on Monday. The decision is hard on Sunday when you don't know if Burrow is going to play in theory. So, well, and you're again, if I don't
2: know Burrow's playing, then I'm going to assume he's playing unless we hear it differently. You know, so <laughs> we should get an indication of what his practice status is by Saturday. You know, if he's limited all throughout the week, then you, yeah, you got some questions. But I guess there's there's the other Monday night game too, so you, you can maybe make a decision on Chris Godwin or those guys because Mike Evans is easy. You know, so if you have Godwin and one of the Bengals guys, do you sit him for Godwin in a two receiver league? Yeah, you could you could do that. But again, it's you know, you might be missing out on the unknown of what Jake Browning is. Maybe he still just throws some Hail Marys and those guys get some passes. We saw it with Garrett Wilson this past weekend. You know, it takes one seventy one yards slant route and the defender falls down and you're okay.
0: Let me ask you a question. If let's say Joe Burrow were out for the season and we were redrafting, what round would you take T Higgins in?
2: Did you ask this Tuesday? I think four. Let's do it again. What four? I might go later than four.
4: And Chase would be two.
0: Yeah, four or five. Yeah, to me, that's not a must start player. So I think it is an interesting decision. I mean, you're talking about DeAndre Hopkins and DJ Moore were drafted in that range, you know what I mean? And people are gonna ask questions about those guys. But
4: can I have a quick word on Jake Browning? Yeah. I'm not going to act like I know every detail about his college career, but he was a four-year starter at Washington, completed well over 60% of his throws. One year was amazing. Uh, 43 touchdowns, nine interceptions. His last year wasn't as good. I think when I said competent passer, I think that applies here. And so a guy who knows, knows what the offense is and what you're asking him to do, I don't think he can make big plays like Burrow can, but I think he's functional, and that'll help the receiver's hopefully be at least as good as they've been. Maybe not in the case of Higgins last week, but certainly better than Higgins in week one. All right.
0: Uh, Cole, oh no, Denver at Miami. Does Javante Williams have his breakout game, Heath?
3: You know, I think the Broncos are going to be feisty in this game. It's a must-win game. They're 0-2, and they've got a point differential of negative three. And so I think Javante Williams is a starter. I don't know if I'd call it a breakout, but I think he'll he'll be a top-24
0: running back. Uh, Indianapolis at Baltimore, Jamie Michael Pittman or Zay Flowers?
2: Uh, Zay Flowers. Uh, I think we've seen enough of this Colts secondary to know that Flowers has a chance for a huge breakout game. Not that he didn't have one already in Week One, but um, you saw, you know, some of the the flaws for Pittman despite the targets. You know, so he could have a seven for fifty game again when you take out the thirty nine yard screen pass that he scored on in Week One. <clears throat> So, given the uh, opponents for each of them, I would go with Zay Flowers.
0: Chicago's at Kansas City. Starter's sit DJ Moore, Dave. Uh, I'll, he, he's like on the fence
4: of a low-end number two, high-end number three receiver for me. If Fields is talking like he needs to play free, uh, I think Jamie nailed it. We're trying to get him uh, to run more. I think he will run more. That means fewer throws all the way around. I'd be a little hesitant with DJ Moore in this matchup. I'd rather start Zay. I'd rather start Nico.
0: It's be interesting to see if Lajarius Sneed shadows him, because that's what happened with Calvin Ridley last week, and Sneed won that one. Uh Tennessee at Cleveland. Sneed, by the way, limited in practice on Wednesday. Do we actually like Deshaun Watson this week? Raise your hand if you like Deshaun Watson this week.
2: The Shazer? You no,
0: giving up? No hands. I'm not giving up, but I'm certainly putting it on pause. But this is I mean, Tennessee is. A very nice matchup here. We also can't forget he scored like 23 points in week one because he had 45 rushing yards and a touchdown. He's still capable of that. But does anyone like Watson this week?
2: Uh, not particularly, but I I wouldn't probably go streaming, you know, for replacements. Like if you have Jared Goff or Geno Smith, clearly Kirk Cousins, you know, you're playing those guys over Deshaun this week, Deshazer this week. But um, I have a question for you. If you're redrafting right now, you, would you be taking Deshaun Watson or the trash fantasy Hot quarterback garbage? you claimed to Anthony Richardson?
0: Hot garbage I would take over him. Um. So, uh, wait. Uh, oh, Thursday night guys or Deshaun Watson?
2: I have Watson uh, over them. I would go Watson over Daniel Jones. I can't trust him in that game. <laughs>
3: Yeah. yeah, I'm going Jones over Watson. What about Purdy? And not not because I'm trusting him. I just don't want to start Daniel Deshaun Watson.
4: Purdy. I or- could be talked
0: into Purdy over Watson. Okay. All right. Uh, Pittsburgh at Las Vegas. Are we going right back to George Pickens? Yeah, 100 as a flex number two Must wide receiver. Start. All right. Dave's a little lower on that. We'll talk about that later. New England at the Jets. Is Ramondre Stevenson the only good start in this game?
4: Yes.
3: I don't even think he's a particularly good
4: start. So, I, but yeah, he's the best one. <laughs> he's a good start by default at running back. I mean, you can't sit him for pretty much anybody. I think Garrett Wilson's still in the flex talk. If the weather holds up, there's already talk that, uh, or the forecast, I should say, is not looking good. Looks like a yeah, rain. I don't know.
2: Thunderstorm Zach Wilson's always there.
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> i getting a little tired. Honestly, I'm getting a little, ti- honestly, poop, a little poop
2: tired. Storm, poop storm, poop
0: storm. I'm getting a little tired of, uh, Good weather during the week and crappy weather on the weekends. Here, it's starting to, it's starting to get to me. Um, all right. Why don't you do something about it? Yeah, you know what? The government needs to do something about it, Dave. But, um, Michael Pittman, Zay Flowers, Garrett Wilson. Who's the best in that group?
2: Zay, Pittman, Pittman, Zay, and who? Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Oh, the other two guys over Garrett Wilson. Really? So sad. I'll take Wilson over Pittman. All
0: right. Houston is at Jacksonville. Let's get started here. The Texans are 0-2. Week one, they lost 25-9. And week two, they lost 31-20, but they trailed 31-10 going into the fourth quarter. So they've been throwing the ball a ton. Just real quick here, is anybody interested in starting C.J. Stroud? Superflex. Yes.
2: Okay. Not really even there. You guys
0: are sitting Damian Pierce, but you're starting him over Matt Breida. I'm sorry if I can't remember who I asked Gus. Did I ask Gus Edwards or Damian Pierce? You did. And you said Gus, right? Beep, beep. And that's if Justice Hill is out? Only if Justice Hill is out?
4: That's only if Justice Hill is out. But it sounds like he has turf toe. Couldn't miss several weeks. And they just brought back... They brought Melvin Gordon off the practice squad, and then they took his spot and gave it to Kenyon Drake. So it sounds like Justice Hill will not play.
0: Heath... um. How do you feel about it? you would also start Gus over Pierce? Probably.
3: I, I had Pierce one spot ahead of Gus. I'm curious how much of the work that was going to Justice Hill will go to Gus. I'm sure a few of the carries, they never thrown the ball to him, so I would assume those targets are going to go to Zay Flowers or Kenyon Drake.
4: Hmm. I don't know if the, I don't know if Drake's even going to play, but Zay Flowers, I 100% agree with Mark
0: Andrews too. All right, so why are we starting with this game? Well, I think there's some pretty interesting starter-sit decisions. Heath, you can talk about it first, but the wide receivers. I mean, everyone's going to start Ridley, but then who's the next best wide receiver with Kirk coming off a big game with Collins off to an amazing start? Uh, Who's the next best wide receiver in this game?
3: If Zay Jones plays, then I think Nico is probably the next best wide receiver, uh, and Kirk would be a high-end number three. Nico would be a low end number 2. If Zay Jones is out, then I think you're starting Ridley, you're starting Kirk, and you're starting Nico Collins and Tank Dell is a fun flex. Uh, maybe maybe even a number 3 wide receiver if you consider that there's 40 or 45 number 3s instead of just 36. But uh but yeah, you might have three pretty close to must start wide receivers if Zay Jones is
0: out if zay jones is out if zay jones is in is anybody worried about christian kirk if you think about their game scripts the first two weeks and kirk you know not playing as much week 1 and playing a lot and having a big think, game week 2
3: i think i saw that the texans run an even higher rate of man um than the chiefs and if that's the case then i would not be worried about christian kirk because he's been 100%. awesome against
2: man and yeah. they're starting I, I would still go collins over kirk but i think kirk is a number 2 receiver this week
4: I agree with Collins over Kirk, and the Texans are starting a new slot corner because their old slot corner <laughs> is hurt for this week. There's a favorable matchup there. It's well, just it a matter, matter of volume. How much throwing that. are the Jaguars going to do?
0: Right, that's the thing, right? So last year, the Texans gave up – I've said this a million times, I'm sorry. The Texans gave up the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks and maybe the fewest, fourth fewest, something like that, to wide receivers because everyone ran all over them. And even Lawrence didn't have a good game against them. He was he was fine in one game, but well, no, he wasn't. He didn't score a touchdown, but he he left the game early because they were blowing them out. But that was always the thing. It was not a good matchup for quarterbacks because the running backs had such big games. Run defense has been a lot better this year so far for Houston. Uh, but is I mean, is that a concern with with Trevor Lawrence and with these wide receivers? Is this a trap? They're gonna maybe blow this team out and run the ball at will with them. Like who's con- is anyone concerned about that prospect?
4: A little bit, especially the the one thing that I keep in the back of my mind is that the Jaguars were so close to winning last week. And there were a bunch of almost touchdowns in that game that maybe Jacksonville says, all right, let's get back on the right track and throw a few more touchdowns. Try to throw a few more touchdowns against Houston. But there there could be a case where they're two and a half quarters into this Mm -hmm. game and they're up two touchdowns and and they kind of pull it back a
1: little bit.
0: I mean, they were the Texans' defense. To be fair, run defense wasn't so great against Zach Moss last week. They were pretty good against the Ravens in Week One. Um, Evan Ingram feels like an easy start, right? Just yep, you got him. Safe, yep,
2: yeah. Um, Short him.
0: Etn is a stud this week. I assume I'd even check the rankings. You're starting him. Any interest in top twelve? There we go. Bigsby, anyone?
2: I mean, you saw Week One. He played when there was a lead. Will he play again with a lead? So desperation, sure. But any semblance of confidence, no.
0: Uh, Yeah, they're nine-point favorites here. Okay, anything else in this game? I guess I could do some like Nico Collins. Nico Collins or Brandon Ayuk if he plays tonight? Nico. Nico. Same. Nico or Debo? Debo. Uh, Debo. Same. Um. Okay, I think we're good here. I'll do Let's just do uh, Damian Pierce or Jahan
2: Dotson. Against Dotson, Buffalo. Dotson, PPR, Damian Nunn. I I might go Damian.
0: All right. That was so random. I don't even know why no. I picked that. I guess, uh, have tr- okay, we're starting Cousins over Lawrence this week? Yes. yes. Cousins oh,
2: yeah. top five.
0: Tua or Trevor Lawrence? Tua.
3: Tua. I agree. Goff two. Goff over Trevor Lawrence. I
0: agree. Mm, I'm not there yet. Okay. All right, next game. Oh, Jacksonville DST is good, not great. Kind of like low-end number one. They've... Yeah, CJ Stroud's been sacked 11 times in two games, so that that bodes well uh, for Jacksonville. The Rams are at the Bengals. Stat of the game. <laughs> Cincinnati has run the fourth-fewest plays in the NFL, and the Rams have run the most plays in the NFL. Also for Cincinnati, not only do they have the fourth-fewest plays run, they have the third-lowest run rate. That's why Joe Mixon, despite getting pretty much every carry, he has thirteen carries, I think, in both games. Yeah, so they're just not not a lot of opportunities for him. Uh, all right, we start with the Rams here. Yeah. So let me get the updated rankings on Stafford, but it looks like very different here. Heath, you have Stafford twenty fourth, Dave twenty one, and Jamie sixteen. So you're the high guy on Stafford, not exactly a starter, but startable. Uh, your thoughts, Jamie?
2: I mean, at some point, he's going to have a multiple touchdown game. You know, we'll find out if this is the week. But he's thrown the ball 45 times a game in the first two games. His receivers are playing great. And so just a little bit of lack of luck at this point. So as long as he doesn't get turnover happy, and we saw a little bit last week where he was trying to throw as many interceptions as he could. Um, One one of them was not his fault off Kyron Williams' hands. But um, I don't think he's going to uh, – barring Joe Burrow being out. I don't think the offensive game plan changes, you know. So if the Bengals offense is completely inept and they're having success running the ball, then his pass attempts will come down. But him in this matchup throwing the ball 40 plus times, I think he's a decent streamer. If you're stuck, he's a great guy to stash. Just if you have Joe Burrow, because you don't want to go the Jake Browning route. So in in one league where I have Burrow, I just pick up Stafford and I'll play that out Monday night. um So I, you know, again, volume matters here. He's one of two quarterbacks over 300 yards passing. Uh, per game on the season, uh, so I think I'll have another three hundred yard game, and I think we'll get that second touchdown.
0: Okay, uh, Stafford or uh, Jordan Love?
2: Stafford for me. I'll take Love, but we're not
0: starting him over Fields. No, no. yeah, we're not going crazy here. Uh, all right, Kyron Williams, <laughs> top thirteen in PPR for everyone, top eighteen in non PPR. Yep. Um. Huge he, opportunity. That's all there uh, is here. Heath, give me three running backs you'd start Kyron Williams over. Uh, Damian Pierce, Matt Breida. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, uh, Ramondre Stevenson.
0: Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Dave and Jamie are not there, right? Right. No.
2: Uh, I would start Kyron over Stevenson in PPR. Oh, okay. I wouldn't. Uh,
4: I'll start him over... ETN, I'll start him over Miles Sanders. I'll start him over uh Khalil Herbert. Over ETN. Yeah, I'll start him over ETN and PPR. That's not a big deal.
2: Uh, I would start him over ETN too.
4: Wow. Non-PPR is different but full PPR, yeah. <laughs> no way. I don't think I could do that. I mean,
0: first of all, you Look, ETN's you've got very... a
4: running back that's now going to dominate touches in in a backfield that I mean, I, we've already we've talked so much about Kyron Williams and how He might not be the most talented guy, but he's just getting opportunities. And that's the number one thing in fantasy.
3: I will say the one thing that, and we talked about this, I think it was, it must have been yesterday, uh, about the Rams' total number of offensive plays and the regression that's coming there. Kyron Williams has 12 targets through two games. He also has a 12.9% target share. they throw 93 passes in two games. I think you probably are looking at more like 35 passes a game, which is more like three or four targets a game moving forward.
4: What's crazy is they're not even in the top 10 in pass rate this year. It's because they're running so many offensive plays. Yeah.
3: That's not going to continue.
4: Right. Right. 156. They're
3: They're not playing fast and they're not high in pass rate, which means you shouldn't expect a high pass volume, even though there has been one so far.
0: I mean, I don't really have to spend too much. I don't think many people are deciding between ETN and Kyron Williams, but I mean, who's the better player? Who's got the better matchup? The only thing Kyron does they have a better role, yeah, but Etn still has a great role. I mean, Etn runs all the routes basically. He's still super involved. So I don't know. All right, surprising, surprising.
3: Well, I agree with you, Adam.
0: Good team. Team. What did we call ourselves? Uh, he had him. I don't remember. Do we have a? Do we have a celebrity? I don't think
3: we had a name. We've never agreed before <laughs> in the history of the show, so there was no no need for a team name.
0: <laughs> Damn it! What's team me? agree to disagree. Uh. Okay, the reason why this game is featured so early in the show is because of <laughs> Pukunakua. Man. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Start Pukunakua. <laughs> oh, my. How, when you cough, you cover your whole face? <laughs> I, I'm just like, so. Most people just cover their mouth. I'm just. But doesn't mute his mic. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> Poor guy. Why don't you go get some seltzer? Yeah.
0: <sighs> What, who's, who's, who's next on our list? Who needs a LaCroix phone? now? Okay, I moved my mixer and I couldn't even reach the cough button. And I'm just so embarrassed at this point. It's been like two weeks. I mean, there's no cough drops
4: within a mile of where you are.
3: Yeah, I think we're supposed to just take the show over.
4: Okay,
0: talk about fine. Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell.
4: How in the world do you sit Puka I just Nakua
2: want to know why at this I keep point. going? <laughs>
0: You, know, you can't. See. I don't think
4: either of these guys are going to hack up bad numbers <laughs> in the matchup against Cincinnati. <sighs> and uh, in the case of Atwell, almost 15 PPR points each of the first two games. Very excited about using him this week, because I think the Rams are still going to continue to throw at a decent rate. But the, yeah, that's the and that's I think that's why I'm
3: maybe just lower on Atwell and Stafford. Is I don't think they're going to continue to run 75 plays a game. And so Atwell's target share at a normal volume is not
4: that exciting. What would it be? How many targets would you expect if they throw 50 times or play 50 snaps? Obviously, they're not throwing 50 times. Um, if I,
3: I've got him projected for like 63 snaps, which is right in the middle. Okay. That's six, tar- six targets at his
4: current rate. Yeah, that feels low. I wouldn't feel good about him if he's only going to get six targets in the game. Yeah, he's. I think a lot of it depends on if Burrow plays. If Burrow doesn't play, this could be kind of low scoring. But I still have Atwell in the flex range. I like him better than Hopkins. I like him better than Michael Thomas. Um, I don't know about Pickens. I know you guys are more excited about him. We'll talk about that game later. But uh, how do you feel, Jamie? Atwell, Nakua? We haven't really talked Nakua. Is that just because he's a must-start? Start Start him.
2: Yes, (laughs) must-start guy.
0: I'm good Uh, now. Thank you, Dave.
2: Tutu is uh, like 40th for me, so... As he said, there's like 45 number three receivers. He's still a number three receiver because mm-hmm. it's hard to overlook what he's done the first two games. I don't think they're necessarily going to slow down if Joe Burrow's there because I think we'll still see a <laughs> potential shootout because I don't really buy this Rams defense playing the way that played. that's played. So right. I think if Burrow is close to healthy, we're going to get a high scoring game.
0: All right, uh, Sid Tyler Higby. Cincinnati's struggling against tight ends, but Higby's just struggling. All right, uh, for Burrow, if Burrow plays, where do you anticipate you'll rank him?
2: Eleventh. Yep, right in that range.
1: Okay. Yep.
0: You'd still rank him ahead of Stafford, Jamie. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to play Stafford if Burrow's out there.
0: Start Joe Mixon, we, and
2: we yeah. have him ranked. We have Burrow ranked right now.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
4: I should. Yeah. Have, yeah. Where do you have him, Heath? Eleven. We're all
0: in the oh,
3: same range. Eleven or twelve? Yeah. Could be one. The, the one I would really struggle with if Burrow got a full practice in would be Lawrence. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. All right, we'll keep everyone posted throughout the week. So Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, I think we already had this discussion here, but uh, there'll be much better starts if Joe Burrow plays. And Sid Herb Smith, would you start a DST in this game? It's kind of an interesting prospect at this point.
2: I would start the Rams if there is no Joe Burrow. I mean, they've struggled with Burrow, so...
0: Okay. Ready for the Vic Fangio revenge game? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Denver's at
2: Miami. Not the Bradley hey. Chubb revenge game?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because Sean
2: Payton— Not the Patrick Stan Jr. versus his father's old team game?
0: Oh, no. That's a nice storyline. Uh, the uh, Broncos—Sean Payton wanted to hire Vic Fangio, and he didn't. And right now, their defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, is coming under a
2: lot of heat. Vance Joseph revenge game.
0: Oh, Yeah. And I read this in The Athletic. The, the Broncos lead the NFL with 12 defensive penalties. Seven have come on third or fourth down. They've also, according to The Athletic, they've been particularly, ba- particularly bad against screen passes. We'll see if the Dolphins implement that. And they're giving up a lot of big plays right now. So, you know, ordinary, the, last year, this was one of the best defenses in football. They're not playing like it right now. I want to give it to me what is a very, very concerning stat of the game. Jerry Judy lined up in the slot. 74.4% of his snaps last week. I hate that. Why? Because he's better out wide. And if you look at his best games last year, not all of them, but they coincided with his higher out wide rates. When he, hit his games where he was out wide the most, he was like a lock for 70 yards. It wasn't that many games, but I don't, I just don't like him being confined to the slot. Um, it hasn't. I, to me, it hasn't really been great for him in his career when that's been the case, and that was a really high snap uh, slot rate, seventy-five percent almost. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody else share that concern, or we just want to see it play out, or what? I, what do we do? With I you? think it
4: means that he needs a lot of volume, certainly more than last week, if he's going to come through for fantasy managers. I do think that he he didn't even play the whole game. He was in, He was on and off the field. I think he plays almost the whole game this week. And the matchup is better for him in the slot against the Dolphins, to be honest. And I, I could see him getting five, six catches and getting close
0: to 15 PPR points. I think he's a flex play. I don't really know, Heath, what to make of the Broncos. You seem to be the most optimistic, at least with Russell Wilson. You have him around 12th. Uh, Dave and Jamie are sitting Russell Wilson. And uh, Jamie's making Raheem most at the start of the week and it appears pretty high on the Dolphins. But what do we th- what are we to make of the Broncos right now? Because as you mentioned on... Uh, yesterday's show Russell Wilson is QB three so far.
3: Yeah. And I don't think he's probably going to be QB three this week, but it, like, I think this goes one of two ways. Either I'm right. And the Broncos are chippy and this is a very close game or the Dolphins score a bunch of points through the air. And then Russell Wilson and the Broncos are chasing points in the second half and still have a decent day. So I don't, I don't mind. I don't, I don't, I'm not fearing this Dolphins defense. Um, and I do think the first couple of weeks for the Broncos offense is fairly encouraging.
2: I definitely agree with that. It's it's clearly encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to get closer to what you got from Russ in Week One by far than what you got in Week Two. This is definitely their toughest opponent that they played again. First road game after two straight home games. I think the weather is going to be an impact for you know how this Broncos team operates. You know again playing in this heat in September is a different animal for these teams when they haven't experienced it. And so we'll we'll find out. Um, I I think Fangio will make things uncomfortable for for Wilson and. I just I, I I'm not ready to trust him yet. To trust, I agree. Ryan. So I'm with you on that it, one. Ru- oh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Go ahead.
4: Russ is QB three on the season. Heath. Yep, I believe that's accurate. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He had a 60 yard touchdown last week and a 50 yard hail mary. That's
0: 33 percent of his total fantasy points on those two plays. Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to take necessarily away the long touchdown to Mims, but the hail mary was ridiculous. He scored 10 and a half points on the final drive of the game last week. He he ran the ball twice for big chunks. Uh, he had 78 yards and a touchdown passing and 14 rushing yards. I think it was maybe just one run. Ten and a half points on the last drive. But nobody's, say, nobody's saying he's a must-start or anything.
3: Um, I, I it, would also be curious, like, what what percentage of Tua's points have come on as two biggest plays to Tyreek in, through two games? Like, if you've had a couple of big plays in two games, that's going to be a large percentage of your fantasy points.
4: Right, but those big plays to Tyreek, we've seen that happen not every single game, but way more often a, than Russell Wilson I, unloading the Marvin. I disagree.
3: Manners. We've got an extensive history of Russell Wilson hitting monster shots
4: downfield. Yeah, fine. We could, we. Could, but when you when you consider starting Russell Wilson, do you bake that in as something that he can do every week? I don't know if we. After last year, I don't know if we can say that anymore. Not the Hail Mary, Mary, right? He's. I mean, but
3: but the other. Well, thing. Yeah, no. the volleyball Hail Mary you can't count on. You cannot count on that. But I do think like we came into this year and Adam in particular, like maybe the Broncos from Russell Wilson will just go back to being what we were hoping they would be with Sean Payton there. And it's first
4: two weeks have been encouraging. Yeah. I don't want to poo-poo it either because he has been better this year than last year and hopefully he keeps it up. But I just, I, I don't want to over, I don't want to overrate him based on what we've seen,
0: but based on what he did last week on two plays. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting him over Daniel. Heath, we're starting him over Daniel Jones, right? Correct. Yeah, we have a super flex decision there. And- I
2: mean, if those are your choices, sure. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right, I, what about uh, Javante? Like, is there a must start for the Broncos?
2: No. Javante, mm-hmm. by default, just because of what the running back position looks like, but I don't want to trust him. I mean, he hasn't really shown anything overwhelming in two games that says he's back and this team is going to lean on him. So... Based on what the what the situation is for him, no.
0: Who's a better start, Javante or Judy? Javante.
2: Uh, I
0: Judy. would. Judy. Really I have to decide between Judy and DJ Moore. That's gonna. I'm gonna make the wrong call every week. Every week I'm gonna screw that up. Last week I lost because of that decision. Um, yeah. What would you guys do, Judy yep. or Moore? <laughs> Schaefer's I, all excited because that was a leaky trade to be more in. <laughs> uh, I would play more. I have more ranked
3: higher as well. Yeah, I think I've got him twenty-nine and thirty. I would flip a coin.
0: Oh, maybe I'll do that. Uh Sid Adam Troutman and let's go to the Dolphins. Tua is a must start. He is the lowest uh, among anyone is seventh. Their four
2: main guys are must starts. Like who's benching any of those guys? Uh yep.
0: well I don't think most are I don't think people are gonna approach Mostert that way necessarily.
2: That's fine. That's fair. Uh, but they
0: should for this week. Okay.
3: And I, I will be interested to see with most and like what the Broncos choose to do, because so far against the run, what are they giving up three and a half yards per carry? Well,
2: um, one of those was like, against maybe a terrible player at this point, Josh Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: yeah. I'd be surprised if Josh Jacobs is now a terrible player, but he could be.
2: Well, I mean, through two weeks, he hasn't exactly looked great against, <laughs> you know, two defenses that are, that are fairly competent maybe. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm joking clearly, but uh, I, I think you just look at what, their two weeks of production against has been, you know, a, a, I think a better offense than the Raiders, the, the commanders, Brian Robinson ran through them and Raheem Mostert has a chance to do the same. You know, he's going to get, he's played 73% of the snaps each of the first two weeks and now Savon Ahmed may not play. So are they going to just put Devon A-chain on the field more and trust him or are they just going to give Mostert more of an opportunity here? So there's a chance for him, you know, not to necessarily get the Zach Moss workload, which if... If that's the the thing you're hanging your hat on, I don't understand from Zach Moss' perspective. Like, I think Mostert's in a much better situation, so I would I would start him over Moss, for example. If we're, if we're looking at that, um, I would start him over Jerome Ford. If we're looking at that, you know those two guys in particular. But Mostert's been good uh, from a production standpoint in in week one because he scored, and that's really the only thing that saved him in week one. But week two, you saw what the upside could be if teams are going to say, "Okay, run on us," and they did,
4: right. And by the way, Mostert had just as many carries as Moss last week.
0: But listen, Heath, we're going to talk about Colts and Ravens because Heath is the high guy on on Moss. So we're, we'll get into that in a moment. We got to go to break here. But would if Jalen Waddle were out, would it change anything for you for Tua or Mostert?
2: For Tua, yes, he would probably drop a few spots, but I'd still be starting him. For Mostert, no.
0: No, I don't think
3: I'd probably move Mostert. And I'm not anti-Mostert. I've got him 18th. Like,
2: Yeah.
0: All right, let's take a break, guys. When we come back, Colts are at the Ravens. Ugh. Give me a three-second answer. Do you like a DST, by the way, Miami or DS or Denver? Dolphins. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Colts are at Ravens when we come back on Fantasy Football Today.
5: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love...
0: Heath is much higher than Dave and Jamie on both Zach Moss and Michael Pittman. That's kind of how we we uh, approach this. We're expecting Gardner minsher to be the quarterback right now, but Heath, you have uh, Zach Moss as a top ten running back. At least you did yesterday. You have Michael. Yeah, Pittman. I'm trying to lower him a little bit, but
3: right. it, and I'll just I'll give the full Zach Moss spiel and then because there's been plenty of anti Zach Moss. Um, I. I We speculated before last week that this whole idea of a committee might go away because of how bad Deion Jackson was. No other running back touched the football for the Colts last week. He had four catches. I think Minshew probably contributed to that. Minshew's going to dump the ball off to the running backs quite a bit more. He was actually good last week. he, He was fifth so far in the league in terms of Adam's favorite running back stat avoid rate. Deion Jackson currently has a zero percent avoid rate. He has not avoided a tackle yet this season. So, I do think the full complement of touches going to Zach Moss is something that's going to continue. He has nine games in his career with at least 14 touches. He scored at least 12 fantasy points in seven of those nine games. He's averaged 13 and a half fantasy points in those games. When he's gotten the work, he's generally delivered. I know, like, he's not a spectacular running back, but I also don't think that he's in this slug backup position either. He was a third round pick and he has produced when he's been given the opportunity.
2: Okay. They were playing with a huge lead last week. They're playing against a much tougher opponent this week. I mean, this could be a bloodbath for him. So yeah, I'm, I'm almost completely out.
4: Yep. Ceiling has been 13 PPR points or 10, non PPR points through two games against Baltimore. That's the Texans running backs and the Bengals running backs. Ravens D line's been strong. Linebackers have been playing great. Uh, They're in the top eight in runs of five-plus yards allowed, runs of 10-plus yards allowed. They've only allowed one of those this year. And in yards after contact per rush allowed. And, Adam, missed tackles. They're they're a sound fundamental defense that might be able to take advantage of Moss playing behind the line without two starters. If they don't have two starters, I will be lowering Moss considerably. Now, I do like that Moss had better metrics with Minshew than Richardson last week. Yeah. I, I think that, that that's also a huge factor. If Richardson comes back, I think it makes it real easy to get away from Moss. And if he's not, then maybe you could look at Moss as a like a number two
0: type running back. Yeah. Okay. I mean Moss um did have four catches last week. So even if they are getting blown out, maybe it stays in the game script a little bit. Um all right, Minshew, while we do, you know, like him. If we were playing, a, had an easier matchup. We're not really starting him this week. He's not in the top twenty, and maybe he might be twentieth. Michael Pittman is another guy, Heath, that you're higher on, though, because I think you have him twenty-first in non-PPR and fourteenth in full PPR, and he's not a top twenty-four wide receiver for for Dave and Jamie.
3: Yeah, I think he's one of the true alpha number one wide receivers in the NFL right now. Twenty-three targets to, through two games. Probably going to be more pass volume with Minshew playing than there would be with Richardson. There won't be as many scramble attempts. If, I, if I've got a guy projected for double-digit targets, he's going to rank as a top-20 wide receiver.
0: I'm, You know what? I'm on Team Heath here because I, I – when I – who can even remember at this point? But once upon a time, I was pretty low on Anthony Richardson. And I know. Believe, <laughs> I swear, it's a true story. Wow. And I thought, you know, he's not even going to play 17 games. They're going to pull him for Gardner Minshew. I should probably get more Michael Pittman because I would really like Michael Pittman if Gardner Minshew were the quarterback – um, and you know, and the Ravens secondary is super injured. So I think I'm you know, I'm feeling good about starting him this week. Dave, Jamie, any chance he creeps in your top 24?
2: Uh no, but this is <laughs> uh, I'll say the same thing I've said for a long time. There's not 24 number two wide receivers, you know. So he's still got a chance to be double digits in targets. He still has a chance to have a seven for fifty-five type of game. You know, so 12 to 14 PPR points if he doesn't score, I think, is well within the realm of possibility. So, yeah, I I just like to me, he's Michael Thomas at this point. You know, going to get a lot of targets, a lot of opportunities and not a lot with it.
4: Right. That's the issue. And look, Minshew played a little bit more than a half last week. Pittman had 10 targets with him. That's a great sign. But I, I feel like we know what Pittman is at this point, which is a lot of volume and not a lot of efficiency. You mm. Need to get a little lucky and you need to hope oh, he gets no. targeted in the end zone. Heath, this is just, the best quarterback. I think it's
3: hard to say that when he scored 23 points in week one. Like we're just one week removed. Remember from him how we scored 10 of them. By making a really good play?
4: <laughs> it, sure. A screen and then running straight ahead, missing he had good blockers. It was a good play. I'm not going to take it away from the Colts. It was a good play, but usually when a wide receiver catches a screen, they don't have a jailbreak like that.
0: I mean, You've look, watched- it was it was uncharacteristic for him. As I said, it was longer than any catch he had the year before. But I swear, I really think that he might be playing with the best quarterback this week that he's ever played with.
4: If it's Minshew, there's no question. Right. If it's Minshew, Richardson's oh, my like, play the best ever. I don't know. Maybe not. But like,
2: I mean, this year, I think Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan might have something to say about
4: no, that. No, I mean, well, Ryan is terrible
0: at that stage in their careers. I mean, right. I'm sorry. I know, like, it's awkward to say, but <laughs> they, he didn't have great quarterback play in his NFL career so far. So and now he's
2: got Gardner Minshew.
0: I mean, Minshew Minshew's been good for <laughs> receivers, though. Minshew really has produced good mm-hmm. fantasy receivers. He gave us a great yes, DJ yes. Chark season. Uh, obviously, the Eagles guys were terrific with him. So yes. um, yeah, all right. I think Dallas Goddard had a two touchdown game a couple years ago, like a hundred yards. Uh, so all right. Anyway, um, Lamar Jackson had a Lamar Jackson was so good last week, and he's a top four quarterback. Start him. Um, Andrews is a start. So assuming Justice Hill is out, Jamie, where where are you ranking Gus
2: Edwards? Uh, top 24 non-PPR, just outside of that in full PPR. You know, the question will become is, do they actually let him play on passing downs and give him some chances in the passing game? Probably not many. So, but game script should matter here because now he should get even more carries, especially if they're playing with a lead because the Colts are probably going to lose. And so... Does he get a 20-carry game here? So, you know, for him, based on his career yards per carry, that could be a very impressive performance. But I just buy into the amount of work that he should be able to get and hopefully some of those goal line opportunities that have been disappearing for him, which was a little bit of a surprise since J.K. Dobbins has been out. So I would not be surprised if he scored. I would not be surprised if he gets you 80 yards rushing, but it could be a trap game also if he does not find the end zone.
3: This this will be a good test of your, uh, your Colts run defense, Adam. Yeah. Because yeah, so will. far this season, they've been just astonishingly good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2.9 uh, we'll, yards we'll per We'll see carry. if they can shut down
4: the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's the Ravens with Gus Edwards. So I, I don't even know if this is that good of a test. It's the best test so far. Well, I don't know. Hold on a second. No. ETN in week one on had an amazing fourth quarter against them. Right. They've played one bad quarter of football. I think they've got a good front seven.
0: Yeah. Uh, we, uh Jamie and Dave like Zay Flowers as a number two receiver. Heath has him as a number three receiver. And the Ravens DST is a must start. Chicago's at Kansas City. Um, Heath <laughs> hates to call. Yeah, I said to Heath earlier, I was like, listen, I want to get more rankings disputes going. But uh, it's weird because you're like the higher the low guy every time I find a dispute. So... Jamie
3: was the high guy on Matthew Stafford. That's okay. There you he go. had one. We've got to find one for Dave.
0: <laughs> we were, uh, Pickens. He's really low on Pickens, so that'll come there later. There we go. But for this game, Chicago-Kansas City, the rankings difference I see is that you're much lower on Isaiah Pacheco than Dave and Jamie are, and uh, let's just see the rankings. Looks like you have him about 30th and Dave and Jamie. Dave has him 19th and Jamie 23rd, and you've got Pacheco almost as a sit or as a flex, we'll say. You want to discuss?
3: Uh, Yeah, I've just... I And I get it. Like, the Bears' defense is really bad. And so, hopefully, Isaiah Pacheco can can do something he's done rarely in his NFL career, which is be worthy of a start in fantasy football. <laughs> he is dominating running back touches for the Chiefs. But uh, I think Gibbs and I talked about this on Tuesday. He's like, man, I'm so encouraged by the fact he's got like 83% of their running back rush attempts. That equals 10 to 11 carries a game in this Chiefs offense. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that being ahead against the Bears is necessarily going to change that. I wouldn't expect a huge volume, especially if he's nursing a hamstring injury now. He's probably going to catch two passes and have 11 carries, and you're hoping that he scores a touchdown. That's a flex to me.
4: And rebuttal? I've moved him down since you, you brought up my rankings. He's a low-end RB2. Um, moved guys like Jerome Ford, Josh Kelly, even Najee, ahead of Pacheco, and, and he might be playing hurt. Might not even play.
0: Okay. Right, exactly. If he doesn't play, would anybody be interested in starting Clyde or McKinnon?
4: Yes. Desperation, number three <laughs> running back. I'd probably have him about the same place I have Pacheco.
0: Okay. Uh, the stat of the game for this <laughs> is about Pacheco. Dating back to last year, the Bears have now allowed 19 or more PPR fantasy points to a running back in six of their last eight games, including Rashad White last week. We know it's a great matchup, but the the concerns have been laid out. Uh, is he the best running back in this game, Pacheco?
2: Yes.
4: Uh, I'd rather start Herbert.
0: But that doesn't I'll take mean, Pacheco if he plays. That doesn't mean you really want to start Herbert, right? He, no. Yeah. No. So Fields is right around 12th for you guys. You like Golf over Fields. You like Geno over Fields. What about Dak Prescott at Arizona or Justin Fields? Dak for me. I feel like
4: Dak's safer. I think he can get you somewhere in that 20 to 24-point range. I'm not ready to say Fields has upside to be better than that yet just because he said that he wants to play more free. So he's right behind him. But those comments did make me move him up because I think he will run more. Yeah, I moved him back into my top 12 with those comments. And I didn't I didn't take that as
3: necessarily him crapping on his coaches. I, you can't be thinking about what the coach is saying while you're playing football. He's just going to play more instinctually. It's good. Yeah.
0: Well... It's good for him. It's not not necessarily good for DJ Moore, as we've already outlined. So you guys don't love him this week. Um, Pittman or Moore? I know it's obviously Pittman for Heath. How about for Dave and Jamie? Pittman or DJ Moore? Moore.
2: Uh, Moore, but to me, they're very similar. Okay. Uh,
0: Cole Komet, Heath. Are we going to make a case to start Cole Komet?
3: Um, He's a tight end who's earning a 20% target share playing so yeah okay. he's in that in that startable range All
0: right, uh, you are the high guy on Cole Komet start Mahomes minute, can, can Mahomes have like a Mahomes game please I never have Patrick Mahomes on my teams and never and I finally have him in one league Ooh, 23 points great thanks Mahomes I could have gotten that from Russell Wilson
3: We've got like four quarterbacks that are averaging 20 fantasy points right now. Like, do
0: you be happy with
3: the 23?
0: <laughs> uh, are you starting any Chiefs-wide receivers? No. Not with confidence? No. Okay. But hold up.
4: Let's say Tony's out, and no. Richie James doesn't matter either way. No. You still can't find it in your heart of hearts to give Sky Moore a whirl as a number three receiver? I cannot. Neither can I. He got real lucky to have that long catch last
0: week. Nice back shoulder catch on the touchdown, but yes, the seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That right? was the cool long catch or whatever it was. It that was cool. Kansas City's DSC is top eight. Tennessee is at Cleveland. Interesting game here. Rankings call out uh, Heath. You're much lower on Amari Cooper. I think you just see <laughs> I'm this much kid.
3: lower on Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, and David Njoku. I'm less, <laughs> and I, I'm less certain that the Titans' pass defense is that much worse than Deshaun Watson. Yes, it's... uh, I actually think that's fair.
0: Resistible objects meets stoppable force? Correct. Yeah, something like that.
3: I I think it's a a big week. Like, maybe this could be a get-right spot for Watson and make me feel a little bit more confident in him. Or maybe we'll find out that you could even start the worst quarterbacks against the
0: Titans. Jamie, through uh, stat of the game, through two games, four wide receivers have 80 or more yards against Tennessee. Shahid, Olave, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. So is that giving you confidence in Cooper?
2: Very much so. I mean, again, it's the same thing that we've seen for this Titans defense going back to last year. Bad secondary, good run defense. And Amari Cooper's coming off a game where he had double digits and targets and seven catches. And he did that playing through a groin injury and now potentially a shoulder injury. So if he's practicing in any semblance this week, you're starting him. Amari at home.
0: <laughs> Maybe he's going to flip the script on us this week.
2: Um, so So far, he's been bad at home and good on the road this year, yeah. right?
0: This year, I meant to say, yeah, not this, exactly. Uh, Njoku's been tough to trust. Anybody want to go back to Njoku this week?
4: No, he's in that I command range. Over. Maybe a little bit better.
3: Like yeah. the the Pitts, Kittle, Goddard struggles, I'm just starting those guys and not wasting a roster spot starting somebody else over them. Njoku's not there for me. I, yeah. I will I will find some a way to start somebody else over
0: Njoku. All right, start Derrick Henry. Why, why? is it that we're so low on DeAndre Hopkins?
4: Because he's got a low ceiling.
3: I, I'm going to move him up a little bit with the full practice yesterday. He'll be a, he'll be a number three wide receiver for me now. I think I had him as a number four, but he'll be in that wide receiver thirty range. And I'm not I'm not certain. Like if he's going to have a thirty three percent target share, I don't think he has a low ceiling. You just have to see whether last week was because he wasn't healthy or what it was.
2: This this Browns defense is good. Yeah, that's you know, where I was going to go. They're they're going to make things really uncomfortable on Ryan Tannehill, and I think their secondary, you know, aside from the George Pickens play, they've eliminated for what it's worth with Joe Burrow's calf. Jamar Chase, T Higgins, and and you know Pickens had four catches on ten targets, and one of them went for seventy one yards. So yeah, that's true. Hopkins, I think, is going to have to grind his way to a a a big game, and to me, that's number three receiver.
4: He, they've bronze played the second most man coverage through the first two weeks of the season, and that's been an issue for Hopkins.
0: He's much better versus zone. He struggles separating from man coverage. It is time to talk about Jerome Ford. And uh Heath, you're the high guy on him, just outside the top 12. He's he's top 20 for everyone. But what are your expectations for Jerome Ford against the Titans? Sixteen to eighteen
3: touches, somewhere around What, 60 to 80 yards? He catches two or three passes, and you hope that he scores? That's a number two running back now.
0: What is the difference between Jerome Ford and Jamal Williams and Josh Kelly, who were terrible against the Titans, guys? Why should I even consider starting Jerome Ford?
2: Because we don't have Jonathan Taylor. We may not have Aaron Jones or Austin Eckler. You just lost Nick Chubb. You don't have Saquon Barkley. I mean, that's the, the narrative right now. It's just... You know, you spent all your fab on him. You spent your first waiver spot on him. You may have been stashing him on your bench. It's always going to come down to who you have. And you could run down a whole laundry list of Adam of Jerome Ford versus whoever. So just check our rankings and see where we have him ranked. See where we haven't ranked. But I think at this point, it's you can't expect a good game. You almost have to hope for a good game because the sample size is not just two games for the Titans. It's a year plus for the Titans. They just stop running backs. That's just what they do. They're great at it. And so is Jerome Ford, like if this was Nick Chubb we'd be saying you're starting Nick Chubb because he's Nick Chubb. Yeah. Like that that's the type of matchup this is, you know. So, I don't I don't love the setup for Jerome Ford because you'd like to pick somebody up and say, "Okay, now he's a must-start guy." As Heath said, he's probably a must-start guy because your team is probably in desperate need of a player like this. So, I don't love the setup for him, but I still would probably start him based on the workload. Like to me, he's a better version of Zach Moss this week.
0: Okay, let's move on. Um, we'll talk more about him throughout the week and compare him to other people like DeAndre Swift when we preview that game tomorrow. Uh, Cleveland's DST is startable. They are 78% rostered. They are not getting a lot of sacks or turnovers. They're good good defense, but so far not a great DST. Pittsburgh is at Las Vegas. Dave, you are the low guy on George Pickens. Here's something I like for Pickens and for Pittsburgh in general. They've faced San Francisco and Cleveland, and they've mm-hmm. given up the fifth most pressures pressure rate fifth highest pressure rate so far pickett's been under duress Mm -hmm. the raiders have the lowest pressure rate in the nfl so why are you so low on george pickens this week
4: because i i worry about him having another one of those long catch and run plays and i also worry about him having that type of target volume because the one thing the steelers have talked about this week is getting their run game going and this is a pretty good opponent the bills proved it this is a good opponent to try and get that going now i don't love the spot for Pittsburgh at all. They're coming off of this emotional win on Monday. Their defense is going to be tired. And so maybe that maybe that helps the Steelers try and say, all right, let's just try and run the ball a little bit against Vegas. It's the easiest matchup that their offensive line has seen so far this year. And let's take that pressure off of Kenny Pickett. I think Pickens is in the flex conversation, but there are a lot of wide receivers that I like better this week. It doesn't have to do with the matchup. Matchup's great, but I, I don't know if I'm going to look at him and say, all right, he's going to do exactly what he did last week. Or even half of what he did last week. I I just
3: think like everything we were hoping would happen for George Pickens happened last week. Deontay Johnson went down. The target rate shot to the moon. The routes changed. He started running better routes that draw targets. He was tar- like a first look on forty percent of Kenny Pickett's targets, and he's facing the Raiders. I I don't if if you're I don't know if you're not starting George Pickens this week. I don't know when you would ever start him. Couldn't agree more.
0: Well, is anybody starting Najee Harris or Jalen Warren?
2: I think Mm. this is a safe week for Najee. You know, like, again, looking at the running back landscape of what it is, um, the opponent, as Dave alluded to, you know, they were certainly much better the Raiders were in week one than they were in week two. But, you know, how much of that was just Buffalo focusing on the run game? And as as Dave alluded to, you know, the Steelers are going to try and focus on their run game. So I think Harris is a low-end starter. You know, number two running back. And Warren's a high in flex. You know, I mean, we saw last week he was much better than Najee Harris once again. And you heard some rumblings, you know, from Mike Tomlin about just how good he's looked. So might we see a changing of the guard if Najee struggles in this matchup? It might happen mid-game. You know, so Warren's a def- a, a, a decent flex play. But, you know, if if they are playing with a lead, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Because I don't think they're very good. If they are playing with a lead... I'm sorry, if they're not playing the lead, then we might see Jalen Warren on the field and getting those four catches and doing a lot more with it than Najee will. So that's the risk you run with both those guys. But I think, again, just looking at running back landscape, what this week entails, injuries and matchups, Najee's got a good enough matchup and enough of a potential workload that he belongs in the starting conversation for the first time this season.
3: Uh, I would start both Steelers running backs over Damian Pierce, Gus Edwards, Isaiah Pacheco and Brees Hall.
2: Yeah, I'm not there, but uh, Najee, yes.
0: Warren, you know, uh, four catches last week, but the Raiders have already allowed three running backs to have four catches, P. Ryan, Javante, and James Cook, and they gave up the most receiving yards per game to running backs last year, so it's a bit of a vulnerability. I mean, if you look at who they played last year, it makes sense. If, let's say, uh, Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler are out this week, would you start Najee Harris over any of A.J. Dillon, Josh Kelly, or Jerome Ford?
2: I have Dylan. no faith in AJ Dillon. So I would yep. start Najee over Dillon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would start um, Josh Kelly over all the guys you mentioned.
0: Yep. Okay. Pickens, we talked about, and Fryermuth. Heath, you talked about Najoku. Is Fryermuth yeah. in the same boat as Najoku? He
3: he's it for at least one more week because it's against the Raiders. And I don't, like, this is kind of strange to me, but if you look at the screen here, you see the Raiders minus two and a half. That has moved quite a bit in the last couple of days. The Raiders are favorites and getting steam as favorites. Um, so I do think there's some pass volume here. I, I'm going to start Muth one more week. He's in that Pitts-Kittle group for me that I'm just not going to the effort of picking somebody else to start up over him.
0: How do we feel about... The passing game for the Raiders, Heath. Are you really? Well, no. You have Garoppolo seventeenth. I mean, that's the high guy, but not exactly high. So Jacobs is is. I know he's been struggling, but you guys are going to him. Love Pitt, him. Pittsburgh's run defense really stank, stunk last year without Cameron Hayward, um, and you know they won't
4: have. And him they're exa- They played eighty-seven snaps on Monday.
2: If he stinks in this game, my gosh, you yeah, hit the pen button. Uh,
0: but what about Jacoby? Jacoby Myers. Does anybody want to start Jacoby Myers? Is Jacobi, he
2: playing? Myers. Um, <laughs> if he's yeah, yeah, I he think would he's be a trending. That way.
0: He's trending toward playing. Yep. You said number three receiver, Jamie. Yeah,
2: yep. I think yeah. so. You know, I he's, agree. He's behind. You know, the 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 group we talked about. You know, Pittman, Flowers, those guys. But you know, you gotta like what he did in week one. That was impressive, and <laughs> it lowers the ceiling a little bit for Devonte Adams. But still, you know, you're, you're not just down Cam Hayward. You're down most likely to make up Fitzpatrick too. So two key pieces on this defense missing. So a pass rush won't be as bad, even though TJ Watt's amazing, you know, but the, the pass rush up the middle won't be there to the same extent. And the back end of the secondary will be a little bit weaker. So there's a chance for Garoppolo mm-hmm. to have some, some positive moments here. Unless, of course, this is just a Josh Jacobs game, which if I'm the Raiders and I'm trying to get a win, this is a Josh Jacobs game.
0: Pittsburgh DST is top 12, and that is going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football Today. We will save the Patriots and the Jets for tomorrow. Uh, thanks to Dave, Jamie, and Heath. I will talk to someone tonight. I don't even know who's on the show tonight. Dave? No? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I-W. Sounds like it. Cool. See you at 730. Everybody have a great All day. Right. And I'll, we'll talk to you before and after the Giants beat the 49ers. See you later.
5: Okay. Picture this.